Hi, and welcome to the MVR podcast number two. Today we're going to be talking about solution focus and MVR. I'm Rachel Elmer. And I'm Peter Jacob. Peter, I'm really curious as to why you wanted to talk about um, this particular topic. Well, I guess there there were two considerations. One is that, um, we, we, you know, a lot of the ways in which we work with NVR uh, use solution-focused methods, but more importantly, I guess, the spirit of solution-focused work. Um, the other reason was that... Um, I guess there are very big differences between how people, practitioners, position themselves with parents. Mm. Uh, differences often between solution-focused therapy and NVR, perhaps also differences in NVR, within mm. the sort of NVR community. And I was wondering whether we could look at how do we position ourselves in a particular way as NVR practitioners when we work with that solution-focused understanding? Okay, okay. Do you want to say more? Do you want to talk about how you yeah. think that? Sure, yeah. that, that sounded pretty abstract, didn't it? Yeah. So, um, I mean, there are many things <clears throat> that strike me as being informed by solution-focused therapy that you or I would do, but that may not be that common in NVR in general. So um, I, I remember many years ago having a conversation with Frank van Holen, who said that what they do in Belgium, or what he and his colleagues do, is when they have a campaign of concern for every message expressing concern about a recent incident of problem behavior, a child or an adolescent has been violent or uh, has, has done something that was very self-destructive. Um, for every one message of concern, they have three messages, um, three positive messages about something that the child has done that is considered positive. So uh, I, I really liked that idea. Mm -hmm. um, worked on it somewhat. And then um, came to this distinction between problematic incidents and positive events. And then mm -hmm. I thought, well, um, what would what would positive events look like? And from a solution-focused perspective, uh, a positive event um, would could be an exception to the problem. Mm. So um, normally, we would see an outburst. We would see an escalation in the family in a particular context. And then it didn't happen. And then mm. something else happened. And from a solution-focused point of view, we'd want to know what else happened. What happened instead, you know? And so, for example, the parents were able not to raise their voice 
when the child was uh, getting very angry, but also the child was able to take himself away, maybe went outside, um, stomped around a little bit until his uh, arousal came down. He didn't feel quite so angry anymore and could see things from a different angle rather than attacking his parents, as he may have in the past. Um, that would be an exception to the problem. And I felt... Oh. Hmm? That, yeah, so in the positive then would be perhaps a, a supporter could then say how they'd heard how well he contained, managed his violence. Yeah. And I guess I, I was a little wary of too much praise you know, because in a way, if if the supporter texted or spoke with the child on the phone and said, hey, you know, you did that well done, super, it could even express a negative expectation. Which is what I was going to go on to. Mm. Oh, yeah, you want to? No, I was just going to say that I was making some notes as you were talking. Not all parents feel that their child wants to hear that praise. Not Ooh. all parents feel comfortable or confident that their child can manage that level of praise. Um, and so, again, it comes back to um, the support network being well-informed of their intentions yeah. and how role play really does support that. But, yeah, the, the child doesn't really want to always hear um, and the parents sometimes misunderstand what that positive message could look like. What's your experience of, of how children might respond or react adversely to praise over different kinds of behavior? Talking to um, uh, an adoption social worker this week who um, was referring in a family to our service and that she mentioned the young person is unable to... Um, pick up on social cues and one of the things the young person felt distressed by was the social worker when she visited the family um, the social worker would smile and talk to the young person and the young person um, had expressed that she found the social worker smiling very um, difficult to manage mm -hmm. um, the social worker explained why she smiled at the young mm -hmm. person during an interview or a discussion the young person um, fed back to the social worker that she said, I think you're just laughing at me. Um, mm. And that was the young person's interpretation of mm. the social worker's friendly smile. And it's, you know, this young person was able to articulate that. Um, but I've also witnessed parents who, um, who perhaps we've talked about giving some three, two to three positives alongside a message of concern um, will then decide to praise the child for not trashing the house or praise yeah. the child for not attacking um and and that you know it's not until i can then sit with the parents and, and explore that uh, you know those the purpose of that praise so mm. i'm 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 grateful for you for not kicking my head in today mm. and, you know, and, and once we can talk through that the parent is able to kind of think yeah, yeah what, what am i saying thank you for yeah. so I think sometimes many parents want lots of very practical um, uh, examples of what praise would look like. So it, it could just be, you know, the real simplicities of life 
that it was lovely to sit with you at breakfast this morning. Yeah, and, and I think that's really important. And maybe the urge to praise comes uh, from a belief that you could absolutely make it happen if you just mm -hmm. praise the child enough and yeah. the child will then take it on board. Um, and I think that's a misguided belief. I mm -hmm. think, of course, psychology over decades has told people to praise children to the hilt. And now, um, you know, academic research psychologists have taken a very different view of that. So, and, and yes, praise can actually be interpreted as the opposite. Mm. You know, it can be, uh, can express that negative expectation. Thank you for not punching your mother in the face. Uh, it's not really <laughs> very helpful. Um, I've found that what can be more helpful are first person messages. Mm. So, um, you know, I, you heard recently that when you've been getting upset about things, you've been taking yourself off and thinking about it. And, you know, that made me feel good to hear that. I was pleased to hear that, you know, mm -hmm. that first person message. It also won't be experienced as controlling by the young person. You know, they're just talking about themselves. It's an acknowledgement. So the formula uses acknowledgement rather than praise. Yeah. Unless, mm -hmm. unless the experience has been that the young person really takes well to praise, mm -hmm. you know that's mm -hmm. it's all. I mean, it's always a, a question of of what happens in the individual family or situation. Absolutely, and and a lot of parents will sometimes, you know, will challenge me um, when we talk about offering those positive messages. Mm. Um, will automatically shut me down and say, you know, my child doesn't like praise. Mm. And, and so it's that opportunity to let's explore what, mm. what positives look like yeah. for your family, for your child. How do, how do you communicate mm. the positives in your family, in your household? What does it look and feel like? How, how do you, and maybe in sometimes in indirect ways, how do you show that you noticed? Mm. I, I'm just thinking of... Um, this isn't actually from working with NVR so much, but I was working with uh, a psychiatric ward. And on this ward, there was a woman who was very much at risk of suicide. And she was very, very severely depressed. And um, I, I had several meetings so that I could speak to each member of staff. And what we eventually ended up doing was that whenever she does anything that is an exception to getting worse, whenever she does anything that is living, mm. they would acknowledge in some shape or form. And I remember a nurse in the second meeting saying to me, oh, you, you'd be proud of me, Peter. I said, why would I be proud of you? And she said, well, uh, I think I got it right. Uh, she, she came out of her room by herself, nobody pushing her, goading her, anything. And she sat down in the, the living area and she picked up a, a fashion magazine. And I just sat down next to her and picked up another fashion magazine. I said, oh, and I said, and then what happened? She said, well, I just pointed at a dress she was looking at. Uh, and I said, oh, that, that's a nice dress. I like that one. And I said, oh, what did she do? Well, she just went, uh. 
Okay, so you know, so that is a form of acknowledging, I guess. And so, in the campaign of concern, in a solution-focused way, people can acknowledge rather than go over the hilt and praising. But I was just coming back in my mind to what you said about you, you called it the little things in life, acknowledging mm -hmm. little things in life, mm -hmm. and you, you used an example of. Um, just the child had sat at breakfast with the parents. Can you say more about those little things in life? Those little things, I think, if I think about a family I'm working with right now, um, we're, the mother and I are talking quite a lot in our sessions about the little things in life. And they are, there's, there's a huge list of them. Um, the mother does a lot of um, I, the onus of I. I love brushing your hair. You've got beautiful hair. I love brushing it. Mm -hmm. um i saw you on the trampoline this afternoon bouncing and i smiled mm -hmm. i enjoyed seeing you play mm -hmm. those tiny little tiny things um that, that the child also goes into the garden to stroke uh, a neighboring cat um and the mother just said how she acknowledged the child's gentleness when she was mm -hmm. stroking that um and i think and the cat incident was a really poignant thing for me when I heard the mother say, we were asking, what else does the child do? Um, and the mother said, the child finds the neighbouring cat and she loves this cat and she plays with this cat and she strokes mm -hmm. this cat. And when I asked the mother if she could share what she saw with the child, um, the mother's face just lit up. Mm -hmm. It was almost that she really connected with that language that she felt so much more comfortable mm -hmm. saying something like, um, I noticed how gentle you were stroking mm -hmm. cat. And um, the mum just smiled. That, that I think it brought her a lot of comfort and warmth. Remembering seeing her daughter in that way, feeling comfortable, offering that kind of positivity. It felt right. It, it fit for her. Um, and also was really poignant around MVR so the yeah. child has yeah. a gentle side to her she can and has the ability to not be violent and can show tenderness and compassion towards another thing or animal or person mm. these instances and I, I think they go beyond even being exceptions to the problem in these instances, it feels to me that the mother was more telling a different story of the child to the child and to you. Mm. And that that was having a certain effect on her. You know, you mm. said it, it made the mother smile to tell you about her acknowledging these things. Yeah. And, and telling her daughter that she noticed that, that she liked that. You know that it made her feel good so it seemed to also um in your telling meet a need of the mothers mm. is that right totally and there's been a lot of unrest as you can imagine if you're being attacked five six seven eight nine ten times a day um by your child um so violently that I, the mother had experienced a spell where she had withdrawn and had found herself avoiding any kind of communication contact mm -hmm. 
with her child. And so we've been, she's been working incredibly hard in in maintaining her presence again mm-hmm. in her child's mind. Um, and I think having these conversations has helped her reconnect with herself, with her child's needs, to have those tender moments. I think, yeah, I think just to acknowledge these small things just has really supported um, those relational gestures, you know, that she can yeah. find the loveliness about her child again yeah. and really reconnect with all of that. I don't know if that answered your question, did it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it does because, I mean, I think that is an innate need for for parents. Parents need to be able to have a good enough image of their child. You know, mm. parents need to f- be able to feel, yes, beyond all difficulties, my child is also a lovable person. And I think, I think as well, just kind of on the same subject, but sidetracking slightly, um, I made a couple of notes. Not all parents want to be solution-focused. So I think of this parent in mind mm. and her mother is incredibly solution focused and and you know in in the worst aftermath of of an, a violent attack the grandmother will still see some kind of positivity and the mother has shared you know like she really respects her mum's mm. um generosity of love and compassion but it's not always really helpful she doesn't always want to hear it she sometimes wants to hear that was hideous. That was awful. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, to me, that is not necessarily in the spirit of solution focused work, always wanting to see everything in a positive way and see it in through rose tinted glasses. Um, that's um, that would mean that one would not attune to the parent who is experiencing some pretty awful stuff. I think the good thing about the three to one rule in, mm-hmm. in, you know, in how we do NVR is that we do have responses to very problematic, terrible, dangerous, hurtful, injurious, violent incidents. Mm-hmm. So, cause otherwise uh, we would be inviting parents and we would be inviting their supporters to brush things under the carpet and not not talking about violence or other forms of harmful behavior would mean to give license to that you know if we don't talk about it if we don't bring it out into the open um, we are inadvertently permitting that to happen Mm. by talking about it we withdraw our permission for that we make it very clear you know we don't accept this yet with the three positive incidents um we balance it yeah we we help people have a, a different narrative of their child in which they don't just see their child as a violent person they can reconnect with other parts of the child and i'm thinking of what, what heim Omer always says, you know, when he speaks of the orchestra of voices in the child, Mm. there's so many different voices in the child that are unheard. Mm. And with these, uh, or barely heard, I mean, we do hear them, you know, if there's an exception to the problem or these 
little moments that you were uh, referring to, we do hear the other voice of the child and we're magnifying it, aren't we? You know, we're making it louder. We're giving it more space. That's all. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of what I call those little moments. Uh, I call them thrive events. Mm -hmm. So events that show tiny events that the child is thriving in some way or the other. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was working with a parent with an adult child who has been socially withdrawn. And she told me, um, you know, he's been, um, he's been completing his college application. Okay, you could think of that as an exception to the problem, maybe he's looking at the outside world, but he's also mm -hmm. thriving or showing the, 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 a green shoot or the seed, maybe, maybe it's not even a green shoot yet, the seed of thriving. And sometimes I think there are moments that don't seem to be related to the problem even. A child may show a, a kind of an act of kindness, like, like that uh, girl that you spoke mm. about who strokes the cat, the neighborhood cat, uh, the neighboring na neighbor's cat, sorry, gently. Um, or, or, so an, an, a gentleness in her behavior. There can be an act of kindness to another person. A child who is um, no longer as aggressive, perhaps, as they were a while back, uh, may uh, be able to pay attention better at school. Mm. And there can be many, many different ways in which we can see children thrive and in which supporters of the parents uh, can communicate to the child you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, should we, should we take a minute or two to just reflect on our conversation? Yeah, yeah, let's. I think for me, it's, it's so important to sometimes really slow my work down and help parents to, to, to really connect with the parents distress connect with the parents um ability to connect with their child or not connect with their child how might we just start that process and i think just thinking about our discussion today that there are so many ways that we can help parents find some positivities and mm. I, no matter how how small those tiny little nuances can be i think it's it's really nice that a parent can come up with some and explore how they can be offered to the child in what tone in in what capacity sometimes it could just be a short verbal sometimes it could be something where you're sitting with the child and you give this lovely example of what you've witnessed in them um but to, to not let to not let that be bypassed you know for parents to mm. be able to connect yeah i think we've just slowed down in our conversation because what I've just noticed is that um, we only talked about one single method, solution-focused method in NVR, mm -hmm. uh, rather than speaking about all manner of different ways in which you can work. I think what we did was we looked more at the spirit 
of solution mm -hmm. of a solution focused attitude within NVR. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, and, and I, I've just noticed that the second part of the topic, maybe we can do that another time, looking at the position of the uh, practitioner using solution focused understandings and ways of working in NVR. Maybe we can talk about that another time. Yeah, we can talk about loads of things. Yeah. <laughs> List is endless. Okay. 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 Well, thanks for listening to our fortnightly NVR podcast. Um, bye for now. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.